Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views. Bryce Diamond here, going solo. Zyakuana sends his greetings, his regrets, his regards. Uh, wanted to be here, couldn't be here. Uh, regardless, here we are. <laughs> uh, on another uh, post-game morning devotions after a loss. Loss number 40. And it's been a while. It's been a while since we've been able to say, not that we've wanted to, but it's, it's been a while since we could say that the Toronto Raptors lost 40 games in a season. Uh, that would put a team in an 82-game season at 42-40. and 40. Uh, The last time we had a season where we lost this many games, it was the 23. 12 2013 season uh, I believe that was Kyle's first year uh, it was also the last time we made the playoffs um, which outside of a major miracle uh, we're definitely not going to make the playoffs we are mathematically still in it but I think it will require the Indiana Pacers or the Washington Wizards to lose all but one of their remaining games. Um, we still have the tiebreaker against Washington, and if we beat Indiana at the end of the season, we'd have the tiebreaker against them. Uh, but regardless, that puts us in a incredibly difficult, as I said, miraculous situation. Uh, and you know what? I don't know if I want that divine intervention. Um, knowing the season that we've had, um, knowing just the the difficulty physically and mentally the players have had. They're in Tampa. They're in a COVID-ridden Trump country in Florida, just outside of uh, where where Trump has his 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 base. Uh, what is it, Mar-a-Lago? Um, so that's got to put you off just on that, you know, basis alone. Um, I'm sure the weather was great in January, February compared to Toronto in the winter, but uh, wouldn't be my first pick in terms of just the the culture, the atmosphere. Um, I'm sure there's worse places than Tampa, um, but there's certainly better places, and Toronto is by far a better location, um, save the winters. And and let's be honest, Toronto winters are nowhere near Ottawa winters, and Ottawa, Ottawa's winter this past year was nowhere near what it's been in the past. Um, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. I just was on Twitter for the last, oh, hour? And I was dropping Pascal Siakam stats. There was a lot of slander. There was a 
not criticism. It was worse than criticism. There was a lot of just foolish um, talk, foolish behavior on Twitter toward um, journalists, Toronto Raptors journalists, um, who really, I think they should turn off um, their notifications that someone has commented on on one of their tweets. It's just not worth it. Um, but a lot of hate for Pascal last night. Um, probably some some shots at Fred. Uh, and Fred last night, his game was was definitely worse than than Pascal's. I mean, Pascal had a hell of a game. Uh, Pascal scored forty four points last night. Um, he he rebounded well. He played decent defense. He just missed a couple free throws down the stretch of that regulation. Um, so let's get to the game, and then we can talk more about the deep dive I took with Pascal stats uh, this morning. Uh, We knew this game was going to be tough. Certainly OGO, the lineup, takes away a starter, your best defensive player. Um, We didn't have Chris Boucher, so again, didn't have that bump off the bench. Thank goodness we had Gary Trent Jr. I don't think we'd have a chance at being in that game last night if it wasn't for Gary Trent Jr. He had a great game. Came off the bench. Was 5 for 10 from downtown, 8 for 16 total uh, field goals. Um, Played really solid overall defense. The guy's 22 years old. He's got a bright future in a Toronto Raptors uniform. Um, So, great game from him. Uh, And he really should have taken the last shot, but we'll get there too. Uh, But we had, you know, pretty much a G League bench. We got Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris, DeAndre Bembry, um, and uh, Freddie Gillespie coming off the bench. No Yuta, no Chris Boucher, who who are definitely second unit guys, top ten players on the team. Um, and again, no OG, no Kyle. Last minute decision with Kyle not to play him. Not not exactly sure why. My guess is his back just didn't feel 100% when you're this age. And these games, you know, really don't matter. Um, the chances of us making the play, and even if we win last night, are still low. And it's just not worth it for Kyle. He's, he, you know, he's he's been through, his body's been through a lot this year. His, his mind has been a lot through, a, a lot through this year. And and he, I'd want to rest up too if I were him, you know. Uh, this season, <clears throat> you know, if the Raptors had have made the playoffs and they play, uh, let's say they somehow pull off miraculously a first-round upset, which if they got the Philadelphia 76ers, wouldn't be totally out of the question. The percentage would be low, probably 10% chance that they beat Philly in the first round. But if they beat Philly in the first round or, or won any uh, first round series, it's June. And it's like you're in the NBA finals. Um, that takes a toll on your body, uh, especially with the bubble last year and how short uh, a return to the to the next season. Um, if I'm Kyle Lowry, just rest that body for next year. Um, you know what the New York Knicks had this year? Rest. You know what the Atlanta Hawks had this year? Rest. Um, and, and they're the four and five seed. You know who's struggling? The Miami Heat. 
who went to the finals. You know who's also struggling? The Boston Celtics, who went to the conference finals, Eastern Conference finals. Those teams are struggling. Uh, Ben Simmons didn't even play in the playoffs last year. You could say Joel Embiid didn't play in the playoffs last year. They got swept 4-0 by the Celtics. Uh, Tobias Harris, I I think, rarely shows up for a playoff game. Um, But yeah, they, they played, you know, less games than the Raptors, the Celtics, and and certainly didn't have any intense games against the Celtics Philadelphia 76ers. But Miami and Boston worked their tails off, went to the Final Four. Uh, Miami went to the finals. They had very little time to get ready for the next season. Two months. That's it. Two months to get ready. Uh, that is difficult on your body. And for Kyle Lowry at 35 years old, yeah. You know what? Take some time off. Um Take some time off. Get ready for next year. I hope you come back to the Raptors. But regardless, it's a good business decision. It's a good holistic decision for Kyle Lowry to not play if he's not feeling 100% last night. So again, we were undermanned, straight up undermanned, when four of your top 10 guys are out of the lineup and two of your top five guys are out of the lineup. That's that's really hard to play against a a red-hot Washington Wizards team who are athletic and can shoot the lights out and have two studs on their team. Russell Westbrook, again, another triple-double, is one behind Oscar Robertson. Uh, Historic career, Hall of Fame career uh, in Russell Westbrook. What he's done in the last 20 games is incredible, and he's led that team. They're now 14-4 and in their last 18 games. That's incredible. Uh, and that roster is not is not fantastic. Uh, they have Bryant, who's out of the lineup. I think they take him as a starting center for sure, instead of Alex Len. Um, and uh, Bradley Beal is is a straight up superstar. Um, he is in that top twenty guy in the league, and he probably on, on any given night is uh, a, a top ten scorer in the league. And when you got Russ, who's in the top 25 guys in the league as well, on in the last 18 games, he's been definitely in the in the top 20 players in this league, maybe even the top 15. Uh, that's a really tough tandem to beat. Um, and obviously with Robin Lopez's offensive rebounding abilities, um, and he was great from the free throw line, and they needed him to be. Uh, he really was the difference. Robin Lopez was the X factor last night. They were down 13 at one point, late second quarter, and it was nine at the half. And you just felt like knowing Kyle, OG, Chris Boucher, and Yuta are out, you knew that it, it was going to be a tough second half because you're thinking, how are we going to find the points when the defense tightens up a bit? And I realized that the Washington Wizards defense is not good. It's probably bottom five in the league. Uh, but when they can score um, in the top five in the league, you've got to be able to score. And, you know, that puts a lot of stress and, and weight on Fred and Pascal because Ken Birch can't always hit the floater. And Gary Trent, who played a great game, uh, is probably not going to shoot more than 50% from downtown. And that's a hell of a, uh, a hell of a performance to go five for 10. So 
you knew that it was going to be a tough game to win, even with a nine-point lead at the break. Uh, they made it a four-point game, and I think they had tied it in the third quarter. They made a four-point game going into the fourth. And you needed to have, the margin of error was small, and you needed to have everybody shine. And early in that fourth quarter, I think the first three, four minutes, Freddie Gillespie missed a free throw, and Bembry missed two. And that was critical. They were up three, four points, and that would have helped take you to six or seven. Seven points gives you three possessions. And in a game that was probably going to come down to the last minute, you need that extra cushion, just like in that Clippers game. And unfortunately, they didn't make those free throws, and that really hurt. And then Robin Lopez played excellent. He's a big dude. He's seven feet and strong. And as high as Ken Birch can jump and as good as he can box out, he's just not on the same level as Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez uh, is much like uh, Ennis Cantor on, on the glass, on the offensive glass. They're big dudes who have great timing, great hands. And in this case, Robin Lopez also made free throws. And so he was a huge X factor. At one point, it was 106-101, and Robin Lopez got an offensive rebound. I think it was about 220 to go. And, and then he gets fouled, uh, or, or maybe he, that time he passed, and, and Bradley Beal made a bucket. But if they get that rebound, Raptors get that rebound, keep Lopez off the glass, they're up five with 220 to go. Now, if they make a bucket there, they're up seven or eight. That could be the difference in the game, really. Uh, we can talk about how the refs missed a flagrant foul. Not intentional, uh, but it was still flagrant. And Bradley Beal should have been called for it with about a minute to go, 55 seconds to go. Uh, and that could have been the turning point as well. Um, but there were other things that happened that you can be uh, critical of. The lack of uh, defensive rebounding against Robin Lopez was huge. Pascal missed some free throws, and, and that sucks. But regardless, all the things that, that were X factors in Robin Lopez's rebounding free throw shooting, the lack of officiating on that elbow, um, which, you know, I, I watched the Portland game against the Celtics the other day. They missed two charges on Jason Tatum. And this is the problem with the NBA. We've said it before. Um, it's not fair competition if you're going to have a bias toward giving superstars, uh, you know, uh, a pass when they charge into guys, when, when they elbow guys. It's, it's not fair competition. It's why the league is heavily criticized. Um, you can be a bad ref and still be consistent. Um, like, you can just miss calls and still be consistent. Uh, but when you miss calls because of your bias, your favoritism towards superstars... I'm sorry. That's why the league has been criticized for 30 years. Um, because they've made it a superstar league. And by branding it that way and, and, give, and giving the calls the way they do, you're going to have a huge amount of people against you. Um, and maybe that's why the numbers, the viewer, viewership has gone down on the NBA. It's probably more because, like myself, people are using illegal streams. Um, because there's no incentive 
<laughs> to go through cable and pay billion dollar conglomerates, uh, you know, 50, 60 bucks a month. Thanks, MLSE. Um, I'd pay a dollar for every game. No problem. I'd easily pay $2 to watch playoff games as well per game. Uh, but I'm not going to pay 50 to 60 bucks uh, <laughs> a month when I only really want to watch the Arsenal and, and the Toronto Raptors. Um, anyways, <laughs> regardless of TV billionaire corporations, uh, the Raptors had this game. And the margin of error was small. And unfortunately, Pascal missed free throws, the, the bench uh, missed free throws, and we, we couldn't box out, Ken Birch couldn't box out Robin Lopez. And what's, what's incredible, honestly, in, in all sincerity, what's incredible is that we took this game to overtime because we easily could have lost in regulation. As much as we could have won in regulation in the ways that I pointed out before, we could have easily just thrown in the towel, much like this season. We're in flipping Tampa Bay. I don't think that's really sunk in because we're so used to seeing this team compete for a conference final seat or, you know, have championship aspirations. Um, and I realize that Larry O.B. shine is, is, is still, you know, that glow is still around us because it happened less than two years ago. Um, but what we've accomplished this season and the fact that we, more specifically to last night's game, the fact that we went to overtime, Fred Van Vliet buried a triple with guys in his face with 1.3 seconds to go. Um, he didn't have a great overtime. He really didn't have a good shooting game. I agree with Raptors Republic that he can't shoot 25 shots. Um, you know, when we played the Clippers, it, he had 25 shots as well. I don't think he should be shooting that much um, throughout the course of the game. I think the degree of difficulty of his shots is too high. But here's the thing. He makes that big shot uh, to go into overtime, and he gives us a chance. And all those shots that he's taking that he's missing just increase his ability to hit them next year because it's practice and you need in-game practicing. And if you're gonna if you're gonna say that this season is a throwaway season, then every game becomes practice. And what Fred has done and, and all these shots, including Pascal's shot last night, which was not a great shot. They could have done more with it. They could have thought smarter. They could have even given it to to Gary Trent Jr. to try and win the game like he did against Washington. Uh, a month ago, uh, but they decided not to. Pascal missed it. C'est la vie. Um, but again, it's it's a shot that gives him practice. It gives him a chance to look at tape and say, "What could I have done differently?" It no timeouts. Three point nine seconds from your own baseline is going to be difficult to win. It's probably what. 1% chance it goes in, 2% chance. Even if you had Bradley Beal with the ball with four seconds to go, no timeouts, it's probably no more than 3% chance to go in. Steph Curry, maybe, maybe 4%, maybe. 
So you have a hundred shots. Maybe the greatest shooter of all time hits four of them in that scenario. KD, maybe 5%. So the fact that Pascal misses that, I don't think Nick Nurse is overly upset. I think he, if anything else, is saying, Pascal, what could you learn from that play? You know, and I realize he shot a lot. And I, you know, Gary Trent looked like he wanted that shot. And the, the game that Gary Trent hit the shot a month ago against the Washington Wizards, Pascal wasn't there in that game. Um, so Gary Trent was the guy they wanted to go to. And probably last night, if I were Nick Nurse, and if I were, well, maybe not if I was Pascal Siakam, but I hope if I was Pascal Siakam, I'd say, Gary, you shoot this. Or I'd say somebody set a screen, Fred, for Gary Trent's man and maybe get open as Pascal gets doubled on the three-point line so that you're ready with a second and a half to go. But the shot itself, I'm not going to be overly critical of. The other stuff, the play, how they could have thought through that scenario could have been a little better. But with four seconds to go, you don't have a lot. And yes, you probably could have got a two out of it. But again, we're looking at about a 5% chance, even if KD is on the floor. If you, if you had a timeout and, and you had to have it from the baseline, maybe, maybe it increases to 10% if you've got a Brooklyn Nets team who has three great shooters and superstars and scorers on their team, maybe 10% if you have a timeout and you have to inbound it from the baseline. Maybe it goes up to 20% if you inbound it from half court, but you didn't have a timeout and you had to inbound it from the baseline and it 5% is probably your best go and that's KD. And there's no KD on our team. So the fact that he missed the shot is not the problem. So I'm not going to knock Pascal for missing that shot in overtime. I will talk about how Pascal scored 44 points and tied his career high. Guess how many guys have scored 44 or more points this season? 23. That's 23 guys in a league that has over 500 players. I believe it's 529 players. That's 5% of the league that has scored Less than 5% of the league that has scored 44 points or more. Pascal did it in overtime. In a very competitive game against a team that is desperately wanting to win. Because they want to get into the play and they were not in the playoffs last year. Uh, they weren't in the playoffs the, the, the previous year. So does this game mean a lot to the Washington Wizards, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? You, you bet your ass it does. Against a team, yeah, who's not a great defensive team and probably didn't have a great matchup against Pascal Siakam. But I didn't see Giannis or Chris Middleton score 44 points against the Washington Wizards the night before. They actually sat Middleton out because it was a back-to-back. There's all kinds of games this season where you can say, oh, it's a terrible defensive team. And 
uh, the game didn't matter. And guys who are f- unbelievable players like KD or or Devin Booker or or Giannis Antetokounmpo didn't score 44 points. 23 guys in the league. Of those 23 guys, 16 of them are all-stars. 16 of them. And all but one of those guys uh, is a regular starter. There was some guy from Houston, Kevin Porter, I think his name is. I, I was surprised. I saw his name. I said, who is this guy? There's only one guy on that list who wasn't a starter. He scored 50 for Houston. He, he might be a young guy. He probably has a great career ahead of him. But Pascal Siakam was one of 23 guys to score 44 points this season in a very competitive game without uh, Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi on the court. Let's give respect where respect should be given. Put respect on Pascal Siakam's name. Pascal Siakam... This season has one more assist per game. His free throw percentages are almost 4%. I think actually almost 5% higher than they were last year. And his field goal percentage is higher than it was last year. Same amount of rebounds, 7.3. He's 1.5, I believe, 1.5 points lower than last year. His three-point percentage is not very good. Last year it was 36%, I think it was 35.9%. And and this year, Pascal Siakam is shooting 30.2 from downtown. That sucks. His, his three-point shooting is not good, especially for an elite-level player, although Ben Simmons. Um, but Pascal Siakam's numbers are... Very similar. Very, very similar to last year. And I would argue there's ways that he's actually improved his game from from last year. His turnovers are less. His assists are up. So what are we getting mad about? Because he's on on a max contract? Again, the max contract that he got is after his rookie contract. So he's not making $40 million a year. He's making more like $30 million a year. Tobias Harris makes more than Pascal Siakam. You know whose field goal percentage and points per game are less than Pascal Siakam? Tobias Harris. Um, so, you know, Pascal Siakam has had a hell of a season. And the more I look at his numbers and what he's done this season, a guy who got COVID, a guy who's not playing in Toronto, a guy who's had to figure out uh, a whole bunch of games without superstar or Hall of Fame centers like Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, without Kyle Lowry around him all the time, figuring out life with Norm as Norm ascends to this great starter in the NBA, and figuring out a season where uh, he's he's seen as the number one. Um, you know what? Pascal's had a hell of a year. And next year, I totally believe that he'll have an even better season 
than the last two seasons combined. He'll have more points. He'll have more assists. He'll have a better free throw percentage than he did this year. He's shooting 83% from the line. He'll be 85 next year. He'll shoot 35, 36 from downtown next year. And will and he'll be an all-star next year. And Pascal Siakam might not be the guy every single game that I want to take the last shot. But you know what? He's probably the guy every other game. Some games maybe Gary Trent Jr., some games OG, some games Fred Van Vliet. But all in all, I bet you 50% of the time in a clutch situation, game on the line, we're going to give it to Pascal. And he's going to improve on what he's done this year. I mean, he only can improve from what he's done this year. But they've been incredibly difficult pressured shots. Take away the game against Minnesota in Tampa where he just blew a layup. I think his footing was messed up, and he just blew it. That was a terrible shot. Um, Take away the game from Portland where he has a, a good look. It's in traffic, but it's a good look lay-in. I think he was maybe four feet from the basket. It was kind of an in-between floater and, and layup. Take away those two, and all the shots were difficult. Last night's shot was incredibly difficult. Um, the, the, the game against Golden State, that was a tough mid-range uh, fadeaway. Not a bad look. Just missed it. And, and you know what? He probably hits that, uh, you know, four to ten times. And next season he'll probably have looks like that and he'll make it. Some he'll miss, but I bet you a bunch he'll, he'll make. The shot against Utah, incredibly difficult. The three-pointer, no. That's, that is a very difficult shot uh, to tie the game. Um, and last night, you know what? Last night when he missed the, those two free throws um, in regulation, he could have just said, forget about it. We're done. And so could the team. And they didn't. They were resilient. So kudos to, to the effort Pascal Siakam had last night. And congratulations to him on tying his career high. Big night. Big night. Um, it sucks. You know, I wish I wish Zai was right. And, and his Bitcoin stocks were rising and, and he won he won the bet here. I really do. Um, we had we've had so many close games this season. We're three and twelve in games decided by four points or less. I think we're like five and twenty or seven and twenty uh, when games have been within seven points or less. Um, and, and, you know, give us a crowd that doesn't boo us like Tampa crowd, like the Tampa crowd. Literally people were booing last night. Um, and there's probably 50% Raptors fans and 50% other teams fans in the building. Uh, as we said, when we were (laughs) with Lindsay Hamilton, uh, last week, uh, it's like going to an Ottawa Senators game, you know, outside of the playoffs. So... Hey, take, soak it up, embrace it, accept it for what it is this year, but do not for one second um, throw away Pascal Siakam. Do not slander Pascal Siakam 
or this team. They've played their hearts out. They've been well coached. They've had more adversity than any other team in the league. And they had more adversity this season than last season. Uh, And they're still really damn good. There's been articles, literally articles written about this year's Raptors team. How they are the best worst team. They're the best sub-500 team to ever play in the NBA. At least in the last 41 years, since 1980. There's literally been articles by non-Toronto-based journalists, by non-Canadian journalists, about this Raptors team. That's how good, that's how much talent there is. But there's been so much adversity that, you know, they haven't been able to close games and they just haven't been as as sharp as they they could be. You put us in Toronto, we're probably 40 and 27 right now. Put us in Tampa, we're 27 and 40. Fair enough, you know. C'est la vie. Move on, accept it, and get ready for next season. Um, speaking of games... Uh, going forward, we have the Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, another chance to see our man JV, another chance to see Ja Morant, and a couple Canadians, uh, Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark, who I hope are both there for the qualifying tournament for the Olympics uh, that's coming up in, in June. Um, and, uh, and then we get the Clippers. I don't know if Serge will be ready. If they want any chance at going to the NBA Finals, let alone winning it. They need Serge back. It'd be nice to see Serge in a uniform, as hard as that would be. It'd just be nice to see him healthy, to be honest. I wish him all the best. And uh, uh, I saw yesterday as well, uh, speaking of league musings, uh, I saw uh, Jamal Murray was shooting free throws with his cast on. I don't know if the doctors would be super excited about that, but... uh, the road to recovery is happening. He'll probably miss all of next season, to be quite honest. Um, tell me that's not difficult. Oh, my gosh. Tell me that's not difficult for a 25-year-old um, emerging superstar. Actually, 24-year-old emerging superstar missing a season and a half, especially when his team is, you know, was legitimate uh, contenders in the West. Um, yeah, that sucks. Anyways, y'all, I hope you're well. I just got an appointment for a vaccine on Saturday. Um, my wife is very relieved and excited. Um, I'll probably be happier when it happens and kind of reflecting back on the year and, and the last 14 months. But I tend to just kind of things happen and, and I prepare for what I need to do, not necessarily how I feel. So that will probably sink in. Um, But yeah, stay safe. If you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated for everybody's safety and and health. And uh, have a great weekend, y'all. It's TGIF. I hope hope you have a great Friday night and a great weekend. Um, Until uh, post-game against the Memphis Grizzlies, peace. (laughs) 